0: Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. I'm Melvin Gaines. Thanks for being here. We are going to go ahead and get started with our program this morning. We've got beautiful, beautiful music, uh, praise music provided today by uh, P.J. Morton and the Walls Group, featuring the Walls Group. It's entitled Let Go. It's an acoustic version. We're going to go ahead and play that right now while we allow other people to join us online. Thanks for being here this morning. Good morning, Brother Arlen.
1: Good morning, Brother Nate.
0: Thanks for being here this
1: morning. Amen how you doing brother? you okay? It's yes, good to see you all online I couldn't seem to fall was so much on my
0: Beautiful beautiful song
1: was for
0: Good morning Ronnie. God bless you.
1: I kneeled down to pray. I was praying, help me, please. And he said, You don't have to cry. Cause I'll supply all your needs. As soon as you.
0: Thanks for being here this morning, everybody. Today is a new day. Brother Fry, good morning. Glad that you're online. Do me a favor and give me an update if you can, because I haven't heard if there's any changes to the program today regarding the praise gathering at 5 o'clock. It was supposed to be outside, but if you have an update, I'd love to get it. Good morning, Angie. God bless you. Keep taking care of that man in the, <laughs> with you. Let go and let God. Nate online, both you, spoke you know guys, sorry about that Praise the Lord, it's a labor let of love, amen and <laughs> let go. oh, <laughs> let go. Amen Good that morning, Laura, God oh, you bless you go. Glad to have you this morning Cafe Verona this morning good stuff Troopers, 6.30 in the morning. Good morning, Anne and Mary. stuff that I don't see and I see stuff you don't see. It's very oh yeah. seldom we see the same things. Just one of the idiosyncrasies of Facebook. Oh, I do. I
1: do. I do. <laughs> Just
0: It's been cold where you are, it's tougher to wake up in the morning, isn't it?
1: Cindy, good morning. God
0: bless you. Amen. P.J. Morton featuring the Wallace group and the acoustic version of Let Go. All you heard was music and a piano. That's just the simple, sometimes the simplest songs like that are the most beautiful, prettiest, because they just make a declaration of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and just say, hey, it's just time to let go. And I think a lot of us have tried to hang on to stuff um, and we just need to let it go. There are a lot of things that we just cannot control. The life that we've uh, had to live over the past year or so, uh, we've had no control over that whatsoever. So all you can do is let go and just let God have it. Amen? We are going to go ahead and do some announcements here and make sure that we stay on course. First of all, I uh, just want to let you know that after Sunday school, uh, there will be a message online in the Akron Alliance Fellowship timeline, right here in the timeline pastor gus has provided a message it's a very very poignant and timely message faith and hope completes the blessing it'll be available again here uh, online after sunday school for those of you who are not able to attend our church service at 11 o'clock we recommend that you stay online and provide comments and likes based upon listening to the message one thing that's advantageous about again being online and that we we can always pause a message and come back to it uh, in the middle of everything that's going on but we we trust that you're watching the entire messages and we're you're taking in what god is having to say because these messages are being provided um, through pastor gus but the one who's speaking is the lord he's speaking through him and giving you what you need for uh, edification uh, to be able to truly live in such a way where you're glorifying God. I think that uh, it's very important for us to remind people of that. We don't ever want to lose focus on what's really important right now. And we recognize that there are people paying attention here right now that are not able to come to Akron to go to church with us. So please stay online and and watch the message. It's available. Hi, Heather. Hi, Heather. Um, Is Heather online? I didn't see that.
1: she'll be one of those. Heather
0: will be one of those. That's right. She'll be one of those people who who will check us out online for sure. Um, that's, a, that's a great point. So we want to make sure that uh, everybody is taking, getting the complete church experience, the, making sure that God's word is being spoken and uh, that you're hearing it and that you're hearing what's being said. Please remember your tithes and offerings. We are asking everybody who is not able to come to church to make sure that you mail them to Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. I'll give you the address. It's 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio uh, 44320. That is the address for mailing. And we will have the, we will be indoors at church today by all accounts because the temperature is well below 70 degrees outside. That's closer to 50 ish, 50 something, (laughs) 45. Oh, it's 55. Well, 45 would have been worse, but at least it's 55. Um, so, uh, we've, we've just had some really, really bizarre weather uh, here in Northeast Ohio. And unfortunately, it does impact our outdoor activities. Now, with that in mind, we had planned today, and I haven't heard anything. I'm just kind of waiting for someone online to give me a shout out and let me know if they have any update on the five o'clock worship, or pardon me, praise gathering that's supposed to be taking place today. Uh, five o'clock today, it was originally planned to be outside. I don't know if that means we're going back inside or what's happening with that right now. But if that has been, I'm sure that that's the case. It's not going to be outside unless unless everybody just kind of comes and bundles up. But we'll stay, uh, tuned. stay tuned on that. We'll just have to see if there's an announcement about that later on at church. If I don't hear anything here, uh, but we we thank you for uh, your participation. We praise the Lord for what He is doing in our lives and. It is worth giving him praise, uh, that is for sure. Everything that we are going through right now, coming through on the other side of a pandemic, and, and really we just have an opportunity now just to stop and thank him and praise him for what he's doing. Okay. I believe I've covered all the announcements as I have them. Just as a reminder, just to please make sure to uh, stay tuned. Oh, as far as coming to church today, um, as far as I understand, they have set up the regular seating uh, in church. Uh, social distancing is less of a factor now it is certainly something that if you're not comfortable with being uh, close and in person with others you're welcome to bring a mask and and take care of uh, that aspect of it but we welcome you back in the fellowship if you haven't been coming Uh, but we 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 just praise the Lord for where we are today and we just thank you again for your participation and uh, the Starks are here we appreciate that too thanks for being here We're going to go ahead and get started with our Sunday School lesson today. We've got uh, eight verses to cover, but they are jam-packed with action and suspense. And uh, I trust that they're not going to be uh, in any way, shape, or form a letdown whatsoever because God's Word is truly very, very important right now at this time in our lives. We have to be in the Word on a consistent basis every day. God, in His miraculous way of operation... Uh, uses the Holy Spirit to speak to us even through reading passages we may have read in the past and revealing things to us that we need to know for right now. And I believe that we are in such a time that that is absolutely what is taking place right now. It really doesn't matter where you're reading in Scripture. I, I trust that you're reading and following a Bible plan. But ultimately what it comes down to is that you need to be reading and studying and seeking the Lord as you do so. Having Him speak to you. I'm in some ways, you'll, you'll see that some of the messages that I've been hearing and, and hearing from even other pastors besides Pastor Gus is that there's just a lack of interest sometimes in what God has to say that people have. And maybe it's because they've been so disillusioned or maybe they've been so put upon by what God has been doing or has what they perceive God has not been doing in their lives. And my challenge to you is that, well, maybe God is waiting for you to do something. And that's really what it comes down to. If you, if you think that you're serving a, a genie as a God who grants you wishes uh, or desires, and you just sit back and wait for something to happen, I'm going to challenge you that your faith needs to be much more like the faith that's mentioned in James, where you're a doer and not just a hearer. And I think that that's what it comes down to. We, we can't emphasize that enough, that the book of James just keeps coming back to my mind. It comes back into my heart every time about we are not serving a passive god we are serving an active god but he challenges us as believers to remain active in our faith and even stretch our faith a little bit and, and that's where we need to really be when it comes to our relationship look every day that goes by is a day closer to the return of our lord jesus christ are you ready for that I mean, we just have to start asking those questions. Are you ready for that? Are you prepared for that? Are you are you sitting around just waiting for something to happen? Or are, you, or are you, frankly, wasting your time? Or are you truly seeking the Lord and his goodness right now and what he really wants you to know as you move about? And granted, we haven't been able to move about in a whole lot of places, but we have been able to communicate with each other. We have been able to talk to people on the phone. We have been able to... Uh, maybe perhaps even go visit some people and and see people. Are you? What are you doing in your service for the Lord Jesus Christ right now? So these are things that I'm just mentioning because they're being brought to mind. And I want you just to try to think in that mentality as we move forward. Let's take a look. Um, we're going to go ahead and look at Titus again. We're back in chapter 3. We're, well, we're, I'm sorry, we're beginning in chapter 3. And we're going to focus on the first eight verses. But... Let's go ahead and quiet our hearts and, and, and make sure that we're truly hearing the Lord speak to us. Let's pray and ask for God just to continue to um, help us through this time that we live in right now and live in such a way where we're glorifying him. Amen. Father, we just thank you and just give you all the praise for your very presence this morning. We thank you, Lord, for what you are doing in our lives. We thank you for your instruction. We thank you for your careful guidance. We thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your encouragement. Lord, you have told us early and often that you never leave us. You'll never forsake us. Lord, help us to live in such a way where we recognize that in all that we do. Lord, we want to overcome those things that tempt us and move us away from focusing on you or following you. We pray, Lord, that you'll just bless us as an individuals, an individuals, as a group, as a church. We pray, Lord, that we are remaining obedient to your will, that we're remaining obedient to your very word. We thank you for the living word that you give to us through the power of the Holy Spirit, his wisdom, his guidance, his instruction. We thank you, Lord, for that indwelling spirit that helps us along day by day. And, Lord, we pray for those individuals who do not have a relationship with you, that you indeed will help them along to recognize the importance of following you. Lord, when there is uncertainty, help us to be mindful to pray for those individuals as we pray for ourselves to help us through, to help us to understand when you're speaking to us. Lord, make your voice clear to us in the direction you would have us to take we thank you lord for answers to these prayers we thank you for your ongoing promises we love you lord and we want to do what's best for your kingdom and we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' precious name amen all right everybody turn your bibles and electronic devices to titus chapter three we're going to look at verses one through eight Titus 3, verses 1 through 8. Uh, Again, Paul's letter to Titus, the leader of the Church of Crete. And we are moving past the section in chapter 2 where we know that there were different groups of people being addressed um, by Paul as far as how to uh, treat them, how they should uh, be regarded within the church Uh, Obviously, those people who are elderly or older who have wisdom should be respected and regarded highly. The people who are younger should have the ability to be teachable and listen to what's been going on uh, in the church and make sure that we are overcoming false teaching, which is, again, going to be even discussed. um, Well, it'll be later on when we talk about foolish discussions or things that have nothing to do with what's being taught. Uh, Those are the foolish discussions are really uh, a tool of Satan. I really believe that. I think that we need to understand that people who uh, try to be clever and give us these opportunities where, where we're you know talking about uh, giving – we want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Don't get me wrong. But when we have people who are playing games when it comes to what Scripture is saying and trying to give us different alternatives or options – uh, that's not helpful. I don't think that that's in any way uh, anything other than just trying to be clever. We don't we don't need cleverness in church. We need people who are going to remain scriptural and remain focused on God's word. And I, I pray that you are recognizing that when Paul is speaking here about the right living in society, and this is what this this chapter is all about, how to live in a right manner uh, in today's world in society. Uh, and focusing on what, doing what is good. That is what this is all about. We we need to focus on doing what's good. We don't need people playing games with God's word. We don't need people playing games with devil's advocate stuff, okay? Because that's a, that is just a clever way of get getting people confused and getting people off track and focusing on things that are not helpful. Let's read verses one through eight. Boy, a lot of monologue today. I'm just uh, just now getting started. It's really interesting. I think that's. I just give praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm I'm just being very honest with you, um, but let's go ahead and read verses one through eight in Titus. <laughs> in Titus chapter three, um, as my bride, my lovely bride, just stares at me. Um, uh, sure. and start reading. <laughs> let's start with verse number one in Titus chapter three. Remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. They should be obedient. Always ready to do what is good. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. Verse 3. Once we too were foolish and disobedient. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy and we hated each other. But... When God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life verse eight this is a trustworthy saying and i want to you to insist on these teachings so that all who trust in god will devote themselves to doing good these teachings are good and beneficial for everyone amen that is a titus chapter three verses one through eight and the whole context here is to do what is good how to live the right way we as believers have to be the living example of Christ in everything that we do and everywhere we go. And it's not difficult to do that per se. It if you're distracted though it is it gets more difficult. But if you remain focused on the Lord Jesus Christ, then you won't have any problem doing what is good because the Holy Spirit will help you in that very endeavor. And I thank for thank you for all those who are still joining us online and thanks for catching up. Of course, if you miss any part of this you can always go back and look at it later so let's take go back and take a look at verse 1 because there's a lot of material in verse 1 that we need to look at here and remember again this is Paul speaking to Titus who um, Paul is reaching out to those leaders in the church that he trusts to convey messages and wants them to stay, stay and remain steadfast in their faith as they face all kinds of obstacles including those things about false teaching it's always been mentioned Uh, Being mentioned less here, it's just talking about how, frankly, we, uh, without Christ, we are being foolish and disobedient in our lives, and we had been. Uh, But thankfully, we can uh, give praise to God that he helps us along in this process. Back to verse 1. Remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. It's interesting about the mentioning about submitting to government. And its officers, because we need to understand that in the context of the time, then we're talking about uh, Roman officers. We're talking about uh, Roman occupation. Of course, we recognize that we always want to be ready to do what we are asked to do when we are confronted with uh, people in authority. That is something that's been emphasized many, many times over the past few months uh, as we look at being cooperative uh, helping things along, not escalating issues. Remain obedient, always ready to do what is good. And unfortunately, we've seen anything but that in, in our lives today where we've seen people who feel entitled to do whatever they want to do and, and they try to undermine authority by doing things that are, frankly, uh, destructive in nature. And we must make sure that we as believers set the example Christians have an allegiance to Jesus Christ as Lord of their lives. If you are following Jesus Christ, then you are going to follow what his word is and be obedient to him. That doesn't mean you're a weak person. It doesn't mean anything of the sort. It means, if anything, that you're strong in your faith, that you're strong in your desire to be obedient to the Lord. He is the one who gives us direction. We are reminded that Christians still have to behave in such a way where we are not above the law we recognize what the law is uh, we should not be cheating on our tax returns we should not be doing anything that is undermining someone we shouldn't be committing sin willfully in any way shape or form and that's what this is referring to submitting to the government and the officers is not about acquiescing to anyone we don't we're not speaking uh, in broad term we're speaking in broad terms here we're not speaking in terms where uh, we're, doing, we're, we're doing anything other than being obedient to them. If they were to ask us to do something contrary to God's word, that's different. So we need to understand that there is a difference here and there is something where ultimately we respond to what Jesus has been teaching us in the word. We need to understand that being obedient to the law, and remember, God is the one who provided government uh, for us to help us and to guide us. Now, what people do in government is another situation. That's another topic for discussion. But ultimately, the government is the authority and we are to respond in such a way where we are being obedient to the government as long as they are doing things that are not causing us to deny our faith. So obeying the civil law is only the beginning of our Christian responsibility. We have to do what we can to be good citizens. Are you a good citizen? Good citizens are people who truly are Uh, working in a manner that's cooperative, helping your neighbor, doing those things necessary as believers where um, I think being a good citizen is also being a good citizen in Christ where you're praying for your neighbors. We've seen a number of people in our neighborhoods as we've walked around over the past year that we had never seen before. And we've met people that we never would have met under the old uh, way of doing things because there was just no opportunity for us to go out and and walk the neighborhood and see people and say hello to them. In many ways, that was a good outcome from what we were doing. Being able to see your neighbors, what, how valuable is that? I mean, that is just something that you can't put a price on. They get to know you, you get to know them. And I'm not just talking about neighbors right next door to us. I'm talking about around the block. I'm talking about people around our block who we've taken walks. We've seen people during these pleasant walks in the morning. And people are outside tooling around doing stuff. Either they're doing weeding or they're uh, walking around. They've got their dogs outside. They've got uh, kids in tow, whatever they're doing. And we say hi to them. And you introduce yourself to them. And you say hello and say, hey, I'm so-and-so. I live around the corner on, uh, on Berry Lane. And how are you doing? And, and just talking to them and sharing your goodness to them as they share back to us. And it's been very, very gratifying to see those things. This is what it means to be a good citizen. This is what it means to be a good citizen in Christ. We recognize that we all are under government authority, but ultimately we are all under God's authority. And we want to make sure that we're sharing with people about those things. Um, Acts 5.29, um, you can go ahead and take a a quick look at that. And, And ultimately what it comes down to, is that in spite of what the government says, we have a responsibility to not just listen to what men say, especially if it's contrary to what God is having us to do. This is what Peter and the apostles had to respond to in the book of Acts. Acts 5, chapter, Acts chapter 5, verse 29, says, but Peter and the apostles answer, we must obey God rather than men. Plain and simple. He knew what the priority was. The priority was to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And if someone in authority is telling you to do something contrary to that, sorry, we are going to obey God rather than men. Now, I mention this to you because I know that Scripture has talked about in the future, and we may not experience that personally because this may be something that gets closer to that time when the Lord returns uh, and we, we go through the thousand-year reign and all that. But there will be persecution that takes place. And there's always persecution that has been taking place, and when it comes down to being obedient to the being obedient to the Lord rather than to men, how confident are you that the Holy Spirit will guide you in that direction where you're remaining faithful to the Lord, in spite of what somebody in government might say? And what are you willing to sacrifice when it comes to that? These are, these are valid questions that you really need to be asking about now before that heat gets turned up, and we need to understand those things. Um, there have been a lot of different things that have happened in different states around the country, in different areas. Well, frankly, I'm blessed that we're here in Ohio, that we've had to endure less than a lot of different other, other places have had to endure and have to go through all kinds of situations where government has just taken advantage of situations where they have... Locked down businesses and done many more things. And they do it in the name of safety, but we kind of recognize that there were a lot of overreaches taking place too. So I'm not getting into that from a political standpoint, but I am demonstrating to you that government will sometimes do things that will test you and challenge you to really think about what's really important. Um, We recognize that because men are involved and there's the flesh involved when it comes to government leadership at times. We've seen instances where that's taken place. How are you to respond to that? What are you as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ to do? We know there have already been challenges against Christianity uh, all throughout our time here. We already know that that's been a real, real difficult situation to deal with. And it doesn't have to be due to just with government either. It might have to do with just the society in general how are you preparing to face these challenges to christianity to being a christian being a believer in the lord jesus christ you must be prayerful and seek the lord and ask him to strengthen you because you're going to be challenged in many areas like this and if you already haven't been challenged please recognize these things for what they are do not be naive we the last thing we need are people who are naive as believers in Jesus Christ and who are not preparing themselves. The word the word that we read is preparing us for it. Please don't be naive about this. Stay focused on it. Now, we still need to be good citizens. We still need to do what the law represents to us, but we must make sure that we're uh, looking at the proper attitude that we should have towards government. Let me take a quick look and see if... Uh, Uh, Romans 13. Yep, Romans 13. Uh, Take a quick look at verse 1 and uh, we're just going to read down a a few verses, Uh, but this is again what we're being called to do about submitting to the authorities. And God is doing this for our benefit to telling us to submit to authorities. These are things that we have to pay attention to because God is giving us this direction to do that. He wants us to be orderly. He wants us to be Um, humble, he wants us to focus on what's really important and that's him, Jesus Christ focus on the Lord Romans 13.1 says let every person be subject to the governing authorities let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God and those that exist have been instituted by God, that's exactly what I had said earlier, it's still something that God has instituted and put in place For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Verse 5, therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. And so that's why we need to understand that there's a, a deeper meaning sometimes to responding to government authority. It's God ordained. And that's what we have to see here. If you want to rise up against the government because they're being tyrannical and stuff like that. I get that and I understand that, but God is the one who lifts up leaders and God is the one who tears them down. And he has done that all throughout history. And we need to understand that we live in a place where in our government, if there's a president that we don't care for or don't like, there's always going to be a four-year election uh, and there's an opportunity to get somebody else in place. And God is in charge of that too. So we always want to recognize that Um, We are very blessed to have the type of government system we have. We don't live under a a tyrant. We don't live under somebody who has complete authority over us. And we need to just be prayerful that that continues, uh, frankly. Uh, That's what's really what's important here, that it always continues, and that God indeed is the one that we look to for guidance uh, in times where things are very good and times where things are very difficult. And so let's keep that in mind as we move forward here. Let's go back to Titus chapter three verse two. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarrelling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. Now, this section here is specifically talking about humility. How does one show true humility? And you know, for people who uh, like uh, are us in the flesh, humility is sometimes elusive. It's just not. Uh, not something that we naturally graduate to do, And uh, being humble. We don't like having to humble ourselves sometimes, especially when we do something wrong, especially when we need to apologize. You know how hard it is for some people to apologize when they do something wrong? Well, first of all, that's fleshly and it's not being humble. And, and that is something that I pray, if you know somebody like that in your life, that you pray that they absolutely get that trait out of their lives they must be humble and look to themselves and say you know what if it wasn't for the lord i wouldn't be here and we need to understand those things humility is a very important quality according to scripture jesus referred to himself as a humble and gentle at heart that's in matthew eleven twenty nine. 29 he was a humble servant of the lord he did what the lord had called him to do he was a servant Uh, Did he he have any less authority? Absolutely not, but that's not what it's about. It's not about giving up power or authority. It's about living in such a way where you recognize that you have someone that you are looking to in trying to remain obedient to them. We as believers are always looking to the Lord Jesus Christ to remain obedient to him because he is the authority. He is our authority. And Romans 12.3, I'm not going to turn to that, but I'm just going to give you something to hang your hat on to remember this about humility. Paul wrote the clearest definition that he could uh, of humility apart from Jesus' own example in Matthew 11:29. He said, "Don't think you are better than you really are." <laughs> it was um, Romans 12:3. "Don't think that you' are any better than who you really are a lot of people, you know, obviously there's thing about being proud, prideful as far as who you are as an individual and, and being able to stand up and saying yes um, I mean back in the, in the 60s and the 70s, well more the 70s and the 60s, it was good for us to, as a people to say, say it loud I'm black and I'm proud because uh, a lot of people were taking the back uh, on the back seat to a lot of different things, they were being treated unfairly, they were being treated in many ways where they were um always asked to submit to others and and but yet they were individuals that were very important they were created by God just like anybody else And so in many ways that was a good thing to be able to declare that you're black and you're proud and you're proud to be a black person and there's nothing to be ashamed of in being a black person Now that's a, that was for a, sp- a specific time but now we recognize that even though uh, some of us are black or, or we have different ethnicities and all that, we still need to recognize that we still have one leader and that leader is Jesus Christ and that he is the one who is in heaven and we are to submit to him. He already knows who you are. He already knows who you are because he created you in that manner. He already knows you're a black person. He already knows you're Asian. He already knows you're a white person. He already knows all these things. So now that we've come to that point, let's submit to him and make sure that we are doing what's necessary to be humble Uh, and gentle at heart just like jesus tells us that we should be doing be honest in your evaluation of who you are be honest about who you are as a person god is challenging us to make sure that we're doing those very things and i'm trusting that you are doing that as well as you pray every day as you read his word and pray each day and look to the lord are you truly praying uh, with a humble heart and submitting to him and submitting in such a way where he is teaching you about things that you're doing that you shouldn't be doing. And helping you to recognize what's necessary to be able to live in such a way where you're serving him and not just serving yourself. And that's what humility really is. It's, that's how we are to live. It boils down to having an honest estimate, an honest evaluation. I'll add the word evaluation of who you are before the Lord Jesus Christ, before God. That's what we need to be doing. We sometimes will show what is deemed as false humility when we project negative worth on our abilities and our efforts. That's the other thing, too. We might downplay ourselves a little bit, too. We might uh, do self-deprecating things about ourselves. Well, wait a minute. We are going to be in the flesh and we make mistakes, but the talents and abilities that God gives us, these are God-given. They are not mistakes. They are things that he wants us to be able to exhibit and we, while we make mistakes, we should not be so quick to diminish what God has given to us and has done for us. And I hope that that's what you understand from what I'm saying here. We are not, sometimes we try to humble ourselves in, in other ways by demeaning what we do and saying, oh, it's not that important, is it? No, excuse me, it is important. If you're doing something that's contributing to God's kingdom, if you're serving him, no matter what it is, if you're cleaning toilets, okay? If you are washing dishes, if you are serving the Lord in the kitchen and working at the daycare, and if you're doing all these different things, these are all things that are very important in the kingdom. They all matter. They all do have. uh, If you're doing those things in the Lord, every one of those things matters. Don't diminish yourself. Don't do anything to cut yourself down. We need to make sure that we are not being prideful, frankly, uh, as we be fleshly as we are fleshly make sure I use proper English here we are being we are not being prideful as we are exhibiting actions in the flesh we don't look down on others we don't um, think our efforts are more important than what other people are doing that is sinful and fleshly it is it is something that we need to make sure that we're always paying attention to as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ the Lord enables Everybody differently. There are different ways that we are enabled. We are enabled based upon what we have as far as our education, our abilities, the things that we do. There are many, many things that other people can do that are spectacular that don't necessarily have a formal education, for example. And they're still serving the Lord Jesus Christ. So why would you cut down somebody who doesn't have an education if they're doing wonderful work for the Lord in the gifts and talents that God has given them, that's what I mean. We we have seen it in academia. This is where it's a really really difficult thing. Um, people don't seem to understand. Uh, you can do many great things for the Lord uh, and not have a master's degree. Uh, you can do many things for the Lord and just have a high school diploma. These are things that we need to recognize. Don't do things that are in any way shape or form demeaning to others. Especially if you don't understand them or know what they're doing. Now we, and that's just something where humility must be at the the order of the day, for all things that we do. Humility must be, the way we as believers operate. Humility helps us to be obedient to Him, uh, His Word. Humility helps us to be uh, responsive to the governing authorities. Humility helps us to be gentle and avoid this slander and quarreling and fighting. These are all things that are being emphasized here in verses 1 and 2 of of Titus chapter 3. So, we avoid this pride. Let's go now to verse 3. Back to Titus 3, verse 3. Once we too were foolish and disobedient. Amen? We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy and we hated each other. That's That's the character trait of mankind. Uh, that, that's who this world is. That's a fleshly world that we live in. And we need to understand that that's essential. The life of pleasure, giving into every desire, is indeed um, slavery. You're a slave to sin. And that's what we have to recognize, that that's where we came from. We are not like that anymore because of our faith in Jesus Christ. When we don't have the Lord, we are slaves to sin. We can't really stress it any other way there's no tiptoeing around the issue Uh, without jesus we are slaves to sin and frankly you know there's always this push where people i'm going to do what i want to do i'm going to live in any way that i want to live well there's a cautionary statement behind that living the way you want to live in many ways is not so cool it's not a good thing Because that means that if you want to live any way you want to live, that means you want to live in the flesh. I had to think about that for a moment. You know, a lot of people say, I'm going to do what I want to do. Well, okay. Well, if you do what you want to do, is that serving the Lord or is it serving yourself? So we need to be very cautionary about statements like that and make sure that, hey, words mean things, everybody. If that's what you mean, guess what? That's what you're going to do. You're going to live a life that's fleshly, you're going to live a life that's sinful. And frankly, you're really a slave to your sin. The temptation is there and you just fall for it every time. Many people are caught up in a slavish addiction for sensual gratification. Uh, There are so many different ways to look at that that I'm not going to get into that now because it would just take up too much time. But when you are a slave to sin, that means that there's anything goes. And that means you don't have any self-control. If you don't have any self-control, that means you are being a slave to sin. Sin is just carrying you every day as you live. So when we are free in Christ, we recognize that Jesus Christ, when he says in verse in John 8, 36, those who are free in Christ are free indeed, that's what he's referring to. He's referring to the fact that you are free in Christ. You are no longer a slave to sin. Take a look at 2 Peter Second Peter chapter two, verse 19. Second Peter 2 verse 19. You need to understand that those who are slaves to sin um, are living in such a way where they're contrary to what God is teaching. It says in Second 2 Peter 2:19 2, they promised them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. And just getting back to the statement about being obedient to government, we understand that there's corruption in government. So what is 2 Peter 2.19 saying? Well, that person is going to be subjected to judgment. That person's in slavery. That person's not doing what they should be doing. There are many ways that God takes care of business and irons things out in our lives. and We don't have to be concerned about those who live in a corrupt manner. They're going to meet They're going to meet their own demise, frankly, if they don't turn things around and live in such a way. And good morning, Jackie. It's all right. Thanks for being here this morning. We appreciate you being here. That's the most important thing. So please remember that Christ frees us from the desires and control of sin. If you're trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are free in Christ. He has freed you from sin. He has freed you from a a fate that you don't want to face when you leave here. Uh, he gives you eternal life. He gives you, he's got this place prepared for you. He He wants you to live in such a way where you have the victory that you're free in Christ. And being a slave to sins, you, some people think it's the exact opposite, right? I'm free to do whatever I want to do, but if I become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm just going to be slaved, you know, just have to follow these rules and regulations. Well, let's think about that for a moment. You follow rules and regulations all the time. I've got a sermon that I'm writing right now about that very issue. There are certain things you can't do at work. You can do things at work. There's a a certain way to behave. There's a code of conduct. There's a behavior that you have to sign off on and follow. And if you don't follow the code of conduct, you can be dismissed. So why would you say that that's important to do, but not follow what the Bible is saying or not give regard to what God is saying to you? Because he's giving you the ways for you to live a life of abundance. But Satan wants to trick you into thinking that you don't have an abundant life by being obedient to Christ. When Christ says you're free, you're free. Do you believe him? Do you believe him when he says that? I feel free in Christ. I feel free because I know that when I mess up, guess what? I go to him and I repent and I ask for his forgiveness. And I know that he forgives me the moment I turn and regard him and pay attention to him. That's freedom. That's always going to be freedom. Satan wants you to wallow in sin and wallow as a slave to sin and he's laughing because he knows he has you. But if you are free in Christ, you are free indeed and you need to live in such a way where you are living the victory for Jesus Christ. Last section here, let's go to verses 4 through 8. I'm going to read through all of those and we'll cover this because it's a declaration that's being made and I love how in the, in the Bible, it's separated as a paragraph after the word, but, when verse 4 starts. It says, but, verse 4, when, our, when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. And let's stop there. We read through verse 7. We'll get to verse 8 in a moment. But we need to understand that, first of all, this thing about salvation, what he's done for us, not because we were good, not because we were righteous, but because of his mercy. Because the bottom line is that we did not deserve salvation because of our fleshly behaviors. And God knew that from the very beginning. He had to have a way for us to experience eternal life through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's why God had planned all the things that we read about in Scripture for us to recognize that Christ is our Lord, Christ is our Savior, Christ is our Redeemer, Christ is the one who has prepared that place for us as we have read and spoken about. He has given us this all of these things because of his mercy, because of his grace and mercy. We are imperfect, but we are made perfect because of the sacrifice in Jesus Christ, that we can have fellowship with him and have eternal life with him. That is indeed what it's all about. That is what we need to recognize here. So because of his mercy, because of his grace, that's why we have eternal life not because of good things we've done. Let's go back and look again. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit's being mentioned here too. The Holy Spirit is what? Is what God sent to us when Jesus said that he had to go away for a time, but the Holy Spirit would be sent. Uh, When he disappeared, then he would send the Spirit to be uh, upon every believer in him. The indwelling Holy Spirit is what gives us What we need to live in such a way where we are living in a humble manner that we are staying away from sin we're focusing on what jesus christ is doing verse six he generously poured out the spirit upon us through jesus christ our savior because of his grace he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life amen and amen and amen and so we need to recognize that paul is telling us and he's summarizing for us as he's summarizing it to titus obviously in this letter He's summarizing for us what Jesus has done for us when he saves us. And what has he done? He's moving us from a life full of sin to a life where we're being led by the Holy Spirit. When we ask Jesus to come into our lives, the Spirit comes into our lives. The Spirit is what prompted us to even ask for Jesus to come into our hearts. And we need to understand that uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all working in unison and working in the life of every single believer. And so that's what Paul is demonstrating here, that God is the one through the power of the Holy Spirit and Jesus dying on the cross for us that took care of all of our sins. All of our sins are washed away. As we remain in Christ and focus on Christ, all of of our sins, even the ones we commit in the future, will be washed away as we recognize Christ as Lord. As you recognize Christ as Lord... There is an act of forgiveness that takes place uh, as you ask for that forgiveness from him. He washes away our sin. And let's not forget that when we talk about baptism, baptism is a sign, it's a physical sign of a washing that takes place. Um, Going down underwater, death, burial, resurrection. Coming out of the water, you're being washed of your sins You have fellowship with Jesus Christ. It's a sign of salvation. It's a physical sign that you've turned your life over to the Lord, Jesus Christ. And you're acknowledging Christ as Lord. You're recognizing his work. You're recognizing all that he has done. Um, This eternal life that we are going going, going to experience one day, which you can't put into words. You can't describe. It can only be, we can refer to what scripture says about what it means to Uh, walk on those streets that are paved with gold and and the gold is so pure that is almost uh, uh, translucent i mean we're talking about things that are just beyond our conception right now but all of these things are promised to us because we have a new life in jesus christ through the power of the holy spirit and that holy spirit does what it challenges us it renews us it renews our hearts It renews our minds. It gives us focus on where we should be as people. So we didn't earn any of this. All of it is a gift because God loves us. Praise the Lord and praise the Lord because God loves us. That's what we need to recognize here. Okay, Uh, I'll catch that. Okay, so thank you. So let's keep that in mind. And as we look at this, you notice that all Uh, three aspects of the Trinity are being mentioned here as well too in these passages, verses 4 through 6, 4 through 7 because we need to see that the redemptive work is involving the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All three are working in concert with us. So finally, verse 8, just to summarize, this is a trustworthy saying and I want you to insist on these teachings so that all who trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. These teachings are good and beneficial for everyone. Do you believe that God is teaching you through his word and that it is indeed beneficial? This is what Paul was speaking about and speaking to Titus, talking to him and encouraging him to stay with this teaching. Avoid those things that uh, will misdirect people or take people uh, off of their game. Avoid um, someone who feels the need to slander, avoid those individuals who want to quarrel. But teach them anyway. Teach them what's right and teach them what's proper. Because we all need to be taught. We all need something to learn and we all still have things to learn. Always remain teachable in our Lord Jesus Christ. We are not the finished product. We are still being sanctified through the Holy Spirit. He is still teaching us on how we are to behave, how we are to live for him. I trust that this section of Titus, I want you to go back over this and read this again and look at it on your own and understand what God is saying to you about how he indeed has saved us by grace, not because of anything we've done. And because of that, we are indebted to him in such a way where we want to live for him. We live free in Christ. We do not want to be slaves to sin. We do not want to be slaves to addiction. We don't want to be slaves to living in such a way where all we're doing is destroying ourselves. We want to live in such a way where we are truly focusing on God's goodness and that our behavior with humble hearts and quiet souls and spirits, we hear him now speak to us as we pray. Let's pray. Father, you know our hearts. You know our minds. You know where we are personally and where we should be. And, Lord, we want to challenge ourselves to continue to grow as you teach us in your word. We thank you for the teachings of Paul and what he has said to us about your goodness, about how you truly want us to live in humility, to respect the authorities, to look to those who are as our neighbors and have fellowship with them, with the love of Christ in our hearts and minds. We thank you for helping us to be good citizens. We thank you for helping us to recognize that the ultimate authority is not government. It is you. It is in you that we are good citizens. And, Lord, we can be compatible with government in that manner as we trust in you and focus on what you would have us to do. We thank you, Lord, for your teaching. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for loving us beyond all reasoning and understanding that we could possibly have. We thank you for grace. We thank you for mercy. Lord, teach us through the power of the Spirit. Help us to continue to focus on you day after day. And Lord, help us to prepare more and more to be able to stand on the word when we're called upon. Lord, we want to do all these things to serve you because we love you. And we thank you for doing what you've done for us. We just give you all a praise and thanks. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name, Amen. A quick note: lost the screen, it went away. Open that up for me, real quick. So it looks like we will be having um, our, our time. With the, uh, this afternoon at five o'clock. So we will be meeting at the church, and we will be indoors. That's what we wanted to find out. So we'll be indoors with the praise, uh, gathering this afternoon at five o'clock. Please remember that uh, we will be in church at 11 uh, for those of you in Akron. So we'll meet you there. We'll see you there, see you there in a little bit. Uh, please make sure that you are, uh, if you're not comfortable, uh, wear a mask, what's necessary if you're not comfortable yet. But we welcome you into our fellowship. We want you to be there. We want you to be there so that we can all praise the Lord and serve him together. Amen. Thanks for being here today. God bless you all. We hope that you'll join us again next week for another edition of Livestream Sunday School. Uh, Have a wonderful weekend. This is Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy the weekend. Remember what it's about. Remember that uh, we just want to give honor and thanks to all those who have served uh, for us, and that's what Memorial Day is about. So keep them in remembrance this weekend. Um, Do so in such a way with humility and grace as well, too. Uh, God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. We love you, and we hope to see you again next time.